This is one of the earliest podcast episodes I'm recording to date. I thought it would make most sense to start back with my roots and give anyone listening a bit of context about my personal circumstances. So today, I'll be interviewing my mother in what I hope will be a very candid and perhaps lively and animated conversation about LGBTQ2 plus rights and their associated responsibilities. So welcome, Mom. Thanks, Rex. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to the chat. So I want to discuss specifically uh, a recent saga that has been on our minds involving the Toronto Catholic School Board and Youthline. Uh, but before we jump into the nitty gritty, I wonder, well, I think you should give a little bit of context in a few words. Maybe you can describe your own upbringing and, you know, where you were born and what led you to Canada. Uh, okay, I can make it brief. It could, this could be long in itself. We, we, but fortunately, the platform we're using doesn't have a time limit. So I, uh, I gave you, I think, a 90 minute window in our email, but I don't have any plans tonight. So take Take all the time you Sounds like. Good. All right. Well, I'll just start by telling you that I was born in a little town called Birkenhead, which is just across from Liverpool. Many people know Liverpool um, and a beautiful area. But uh, growing up in the teen years, um, I uh, felt that I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to stay there and uh, I wanted to travel. And um, I was raised in a very strict Catholic uh, home upbringing. Um, went to Catholic school, and uh, I suppose that molded my uh, my philosophy. I suppose in life, but it was a good philosophy. Um, I was challenged by it. Uh, I just found that it was very rigid, and parents required a lot from me. So eventually, I um, I came to Canada. I was uh, actually it's forty three years this week since I came to Canada, and I came to Canada as the best one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, I came to Toronto and uh, I came to Canada as a nanny, actually, and I really enjoyed uh, my life there. Um, five and a half years uh, there and I met your dad in Toronto and uh, he felt that he wanted to uh, move back to his place where he grew up, which was this little area of Brockville. We live just east of there. And... Um, and so, yeah, so we, we moved out here, country life, and uh, we, uh, I stayed at home and raised you three, three boys. Um, wonderful experience. It had its challenges, um, but I got involved with the school and local community. And as you children grow up, I um, found that you guys had done pretty well and uh, there was a need out there to uh, help others other children that didn't have quite the advantages that you did and um, so I went out to try and help others I uh, became an ordained pastor to give me some credibility just just and, just to uh, give a bit of feedback it's quite um, evident when 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 I or anyone listening um, hears the phone vibrate on your end so if I can just interject and and um, request politely that maybe you you um, put it on your lap or maybe put it on silence so it doesn't interrupt us. Um, I'm keenly interested in, you know, hearing more. Uh, so, okay. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, my phone is actually on the desktop. I don't, I'm not holding it. Okay. Well, I, I think I heard it. Uh, maybe it was my own, but I'm sorry for interrupting. No, that's okay. So you were, you, you were telling us um, 
about growing up that I have two brothers. Yes, you have two brothers, and we lived in a small community here, and uh, you know, I was involved in school. Yeah, because I, I felt as your mom. Um, you know, I wanted to guide your path. Uh, you know, I felt responsible um, and I loved you so much that I, I really felt that I, I, it wasn't enough for me to just send you off to school um, and give, you know, teachers and, and uh, school boards control over you. I, I wanted to be still part of that, which I was. Um, and that, that continued. It continued in the community and uh, extra uh, curricular activities we had uh, come over and do swim classes and I got involved in the uh, local policing community uh, yeah we, we've done lots of local things um, and uh, it was a lot of fun uh, you've touched on like you know a couple of points that I think are interesting well the idea of policing and you know this I think this podcast is a lot about justice I'm still figuring out you know the meaning of um of what this show is going to become. But, you know, the, the main theme that I like to draw out is you touch on the social structure, you know, the control, the school board having control over you, so to speak. Well, I, I felt, um, you know, at the time, uh, we had a small uh, public school locally and, and um, you know, although I wanted to send you to a Catholic school, your father felt at the time that the local school was was good enough, you know, and so I thought, okay, I agreed. And um, in going to the local school, I felt that, you know, you may be taught things there that may go against what I wanted, uh, what I believed and, and what I wanted you to grow up. I, I mean, my, my view is that children are very vulnerable. And um, as your mom, I I just felt I wanted to guide your paths in some way until you could reach an age um, of, you know, making your own decisions and making your own choices. Mm -hmm. I, um, I wonder if you'll give a bit more talk of um, the extracurricular activities and your involvement with the policing. Well, we used to, uh, we didn't have much crime here uh, locally. I mean, we had a bit of vandalism with teens. And so I, I just felt that, um, uh, I mean, we knew all the kids in the community, but I just felt, I felt strongly that they needed to have an avenue. So we started some uh, swimming lessons. Uh, and we had many children go through and swim. Um, and uh, some of them became, went on to become instructors. We offered um, youth dances at the local community hall, uh, which were busy, you know, we, we threw those every weekend. And, uh, and, uh, and then we used to have game nights um, and we all kind of, we'd done this all through the, the policing um, uh, umbrella so that uh, if uh, one of the youths in the neighborhood should get caught up in some vandalism or something, then, the way to um, help them through was to have them do work, apologize to their, um, you know, they were the offenders and they went and apologized to the uh, the people they defended. I think you're and, describing uh, restorative justice. Exactly. I, I was- Community-based policing as well. Absolutely. And uh, and so we we had a, a trust in the community. We built that up. We had local police officers um, actually come to the meetings and uh, and guide us. And, and uh, it went very well. We, we run that for quite a number of years. Um, and of course, as you children started to grow up, um, you know, 
I had less involvement with those things. And, uh, you know, as you all went on to um, high schools and universities, then my, my involvement became different. Uh, you know, I started my own kind of life career. And, um, but I do want to touch on um, a couple of things that was very important to me um, in, in growing up in the school. Growing up in the public system, was different than the Catholic system. And I felt one of my biggest concerns, and I had this conversation with you. Um, I didn't want, uh, having boys, I didn't want you um, being sexually promiscuous or permissive or, or just having relationships that uh, were of no value or consequence to you. I, I, I felt a need for you to learn to respect girls. And so you'll remember that I, afraid of have lost you now and that was about um i'm terribly I'm, I'm terribly sorry to interrupt because we're getting just such great material but uh you've cut in and out there unfortunately i don't know if it was a microphone yeah a call came in sorry yeah a call came in but i and um, so did you want me to repeat that i don't know if you got that when we're lingering on an important topic. I mean, you're talking about the public school versus the Catholic school system and the idea of sexual promiscuity or your perception of it. And, um, and that you wanted to have a, um, a sort of charming upbringing of your boys um, in a wholesome way, you know, that was not, you know, that, that was, that adhered to Catholic yeah. values. And I, I wanted them to respect, I, I felt it was very important. You know, you, you have a very good dad and he was, he's always been very respectful towards me. And I wanted you boys to grow up and, and respect females, um, you know, in, in a good way and certainly sexually. <laughs> so um, I don't know if you recall, but yeah, I, I kind of put a, a time frame on uh, going out and dating girls and that was at 16 and uh yeah it was interesting yeah. i mean the, <laughs> i guess i mean we'd have to get out the catechism to make sense of uh all the rules and you know the uh, and, and morals around being um i think what you're describing is chase you know i'm, I'm not approved and i chased yeah mm -hmm. uh, c-h-a-s-t well, yeah. so, you know that's important to highlight i mean this is my uh although i don't necessarily ascribe to some of these views now as i don't think you do either I, I, you know maybe we should give more context into your current ministry so to speak um, but i just want to observe you know how funny it is um that you know you're describing a time where you're living now in a small town but um but here i am uh in a big city in fact in toronto where you met um my dad and i'm you know arguably in a sexually promiscuous relationship at the moment, dare I say. I wouldn't say it was promiscuous. I would say that you are in a committed relationship with a, somebody that you love and care about. And I think you're very, you're very respectful to her as she is to you. And that was, that's the whole point, right? I think that's- Without that's a doubt. We, and we're, you know, it, yeah, this is all for fun here. I mean, sat satire is a um, common theme. But I uh, indeed, and I do love, uh, you know, my partner, my girlfriend uh, a great deal. And, and I think she'd agree that I am, you know, that's a value that I carry in our relationship is uh, hands off. Uh, well, <laughs> now I'm getting too, um, now I'm getting too uh, personal, <laughs> but, you know, to be indeed being respectful and, um, you know, the whole idea of consent, or rather, I think it's more important to discuss it in terms of enthusiasm. Um, but I mean, these are all 
germane to the topic of, you know, sexuality, uh, you know, LGBT, the community's rights, queer folks' rights, everyone's rights. Um, so we're setting it up in that way, but it's just funny um, reflecting that, you know, you, you met. What's hard to believe is it's been so quiet lately and uh, all of a sudden tonight, of course, wouldn't you know, all the phone well, calls it, are coming. It, you know, um, that, that's okay. This is an organic thing, and um, but uh, we'll keep rolling and, and you can give a bit of context maybe now about where you are. Describe, you know, we, we find ourselves in a pandemic and you've got some renovations underway, I think. So how are you making sense of your days uh, now? you know, in this new world order? Um, my life has changed, as I'm sure like them. It's a lot quieter. I'm a very sociable person. And uh, of course, you know, that's the one thing that's been stopped socially. So, uh, you know, I've had my challenges, but I'm, I'm, I'm working through them. And um, I, I know that we will open up. How do you, how do you keep so connected um, to your sense of community? I mean, you really talked at length of, in our, in my sort of growing up and our development years, and you were involved with the school life and you were, an active uh, member of um, of the community. Well, I think how how that's um, kind of uh, changed is, um, you know, in becoming uh, an ordained pastor, I um, uh, part of that was because I realized that there was other um, young men and women out there who didn't have uh, certainly the values that you were raised with, um, and certainly not the um, uh, the benefits and the the wonderful things that you've had. So I, I just felt that there was a need to go out and, and help others. And so I, I became an ordained pastor uh, because I, I wanted that designation. And I found myself actually quite busy with uh, young men and women who uh, would get caught up in drugs and uh, alcohol and find themselves in the judicial system. Um, and uh, so I would kind of guide them through there and be a support for them. And um, and I've had some amazing uh, results, actually. Um, uh, unfortunately, some have lost their lives due to the drugs, but others have had some success. And um, and I, I feel strongly that it, it's not that I've been preaching to them. I think I've just been there as a support for them and um, loved them, so to speak, through their through their challenges and and I think they came to trust me and uh, they've turned to me for um, advice and encouragement and I've been able to give that it's been, it's been good and of course rewarding good behavior is is always a payoff so so that's what I've done and um, yeah so you know that's what keeps me busy and uh, and that's become part of my social uh, social life yeah, I mean rewarding good behavior seems like a just seems like um, an axiom or a, a, something that just makes common sense. Um, there's something to be said about the world of punishment uh, that we live in, or at least I, I seem to be a sucker for punishment. Um, I, in what I'm interested in studying, you know, this whole thing is born out of criminology and my specific interest in, you know, the study of punishment and sentencing and, um, and what they call penology. But you describe your your work as a pastor in a in a different way. So explain this idea of ministry. What does ministry mean to you? Well, ministry is to 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 be able to work with people um, and just help guide them, guide their paths. So, I mean, we're all lost at times, um, and um, you know, I, I 
it started with these young people and it I do a lot of uh, marriage counseling I find and family counseling um, and um, you know it's it, it just leads to many different things but um, in the beginning of uh, your introduction we were talking about the um, LGB plus um, community and uh, and of course more recently um, I have been starting to follow with some grave concerns about the uh, ideology um, uh, of these uh, gender ideologies and uh, how laws are being put forth to um, to change the uh, criminal code of Canada and uh, certainly the Charter of Rights it's been added to. And while I feel very strongly um, that um, you know many of these people have been marginalized and been bullied and I'm sure have gone through their own suffering, I also believe that uh, there's a lot of good that come, comes from suffering. Um, a lot of strength comes from suffering. I mean, I don't know if you were ever bullied in school, but I know that children who are bullied in school, you know, they can be bullied for being overweight. They can be bullied if they wear glasses. They can be bullied if they're too tall or too short. And I understand that the, uh, you know, this community, uh, you know, um, also has been bullied. But where I'm starting to draw the line is, I'm feeling very strongly about this, is that now when they are, trying to defend their rights um, their rights are now uh, imposing on mine and so it's time to push back a bit yeah uh, one of the things you know I, I feel strongly about is the bills I think it was bill c16 uh, and now uh, bill c6 I think is a real danger uh, not necessarily for church leaders but for parents, Christian and secular, of children uh, who've been indoctrinated with the gender fluidity teachings. I think th there's a, a big problem here. And the issue that I see it, the, you know, the acts that are being changed are weaponizing the, um, for parents. They can't, they can't do anything. They can't speak to the children about these things. Um, you know, they're just really to confirm uh, that a child you know, a vulnerable, I really believe that children are vulnerable, but I, I really believe that this um, ideology is is reaching younger children, and I, I'm very concerned about mm. that. And what is the greatest concern of all in your mind? Well, I, I mean, I believe that, um, certainly as a, as a, as a faith-believing person, but science, I mean, the biology of a male and female um, I think is becoming a, a threat, I think, from people who are uh, seeking a different kind of truth. I think there's a lot of radical support, uh, manipulation uh, for children. And I think, um, you know, children who are used, who are going in and changing their bodies, and uh, it's getting to a point where they, they can't even discuss this with parents, they can hide it. There's a lot of deception there. I, I have I have a lot of yeah, I can about. hear the concern in your voice. And it's actually kind of <laughs> disconcerting. I mean, to think that, you know, God, God love you, mom, it, it's a difficult conversation, especially to listen, <laughs> especially to listen to such a such a heartfelt um, movement that you have towards this. Uh, I mean, you do the work of God, so to speak. And I want to come back to what I would call ret your the rhetoric that you've used 
you know, you've used some pretty strong terms like ideology and, um, and weaponizing of language. And, you know, you refer to the vulnerability uh-huh. of children. And I think they're all interesting concepts in themselves to unpack. But um, there's something to be said about, you know, as an ordained pastor, you know, who, who deal with young men and women in the judicial system, um, I have to sort of dance around my professional life. Um, but I think a, a, a safe term that I can refer to in the work that I do day to day is um, safety policing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and reflecting back in this conversation with you now, it's like, how fitting that I should find myself in this role as a safety police sort of sort of thing. I'm not a police <laughs> officer, I need to highlight and, and I purposefully don't, yeah. you know, don't indicate my type of employment specifically, but um, speaking around it in this way, for all intents and purposes, it, it seems like I've adopted your earlier life in extracurricular work as a, as in, in, in community, what was the type of, what was it called that you were involved with through the school? Community uh, is that what policing? it was? Wasn't there a group? Uh, well, at the time it was, it, at the time it was community policing, but we had, you know, different um, umbrellas. I mean, I, you were, that, you, you know, were a part of all the, sorts yeah. of organizations. I remember, you know, Birthright, which was a, an organization yep. tied to. To support younger women who found themselves pregnant and uh, we would give them another alternative. Than which, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's relevant too. you know, with this idea of, of pro-choice. And it sounds like you're clearly, I think you would emphatically defend pro-life. Oh, I'm definitely a life. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't support, um, I mean, I don't, we don't have here in Canada, but, you know, um, death, I mean, people who commit crimes, I, I don't, I don't believe that. I think death is just such, it's so harsh. Well, let's um, try to, we've we got to stay on track here. Life, life, life. I'm all about life. And uh, this could go on for several hours. <laughs> it could be a marathon. Well, sure, because there's so many topics. But here's the thing. Let, let's do let's do let's do a basis here. Let's just do go right back to the basics because honestly, we're all human. We are all we all share that commonality. We are all human. And as humans, it is my view that we are all individuals each one of us is an individual but things change from that individuality because then we become groups and we start to divide and you know once we start to have division then that division starts to grow and I think that you know while we've we've only been aware of two genders and I honestly do think that there is just masculine and feminine and anything else is just evolving from that from a biology stance from a scientific stance uh, if I'm all about life you can only create life via a masculine and a feminine and to me this gender ideology part is denying is absolutely denying that and um, you know there's a lot of rhetoric around that but you know it's it's a deviation to me what is normal I understand they don't want to be identified by their genitalia but the fact is to deny that does not make it a truth there are things that you're saying that absolutely resonate with me but there are many that that do not 
So first and foremost, it seems it's important to, you know, not conflate the idea of gender or what you might refer to as gender ideology and biological sex. And that ties nicely with what you said earlier about faith, you know, versus science. Um, there's a real, you know, issue to be had in, in conflating these two things. And today, in, in today's day and age, people are really mistaken, I think, uh, about the, how they go about obtaining their information and their diet of information, so to speak. So um, I want to linger on it for a second with you about, you know, what it is that you, you know of, of the community or queer folks in general. Well, I, I know that, uh, for example, um, in the Human Rights Code, uh, gender is something that has been added. It's uh, um, You're referring to the Ontario Human Rights Code. That's correct. And, um, you know, this, uh, I think it does say in there, it, it gives many descriptions of, um, you know, and I think now I'm, I'm not sure if it's in there, but I, I believe there were up to about 32 or 100 different kinds of types of gender. Um, I think I would be considered, I think they call me gender cis, which I must tell you. I, I, I'm insulted by, I, I, you know, the gender cis, whatever that is. I mean, this is a, a made up name to describe me. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, yeah, I, I, or, I think it's called cisgender, I think. You're yeah, right. It's a term that's to describe. So I, I have some information. I mean, I'm not completely naive. Partly going to be an educational opportunity for the both of us, I think, because we're both sitting, taking the time to sit down and have conversations where we clearly don't, you know, have agreement. We're, we're hashing out the borders and boundaries of what's her, acceptable. Her yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's what this show is really going to be about. You know, uh, Rex Krim is this idea of, um, you know, uh, kingpin criminology, which is basically just making critical and cultural criminology accessible and interesting and consumable not like true crime but you know that's for another episode but you're right so well, it's about deviation whether it's a deviation from you know deviation from the norm no you're right yes you're, you're spot on deviation from you know whatever norm and so in terms of biological sex um i tend to lean towards the idea that you're typically one or the other sort of male or female there could very well be a an other category well i want to i want to add to that because i do believe that there are uh, persons born that have an identity, uh, for example, you know, they have perhaps both um, genitalia, and then they will identify with one or the other. So I, I don't have any you know, disrespect for that. I, I absolutely understand. I mean, these that. are these are people. I mean, uh, for example, for example, someone I was listening to a uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, I mean, I this could be offensive. I don't know. I don't. It, I don't intend it to be. Oh, another call coming in. <laughs> Is that a text message? <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable tonight. It's yeah. hard to book my own mother for ninety. <laughs> 90 minutes uninterrupted. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, have you got time? I certainly do. You couldn't even meet, I do. You couldn't even meet I've in. always got time for you, Rex. <laughs> Where were you? It's, it feels so unnatural, you referring to me as uh, a pseudonym. I know, but that's okay. I respect you. <laughs> it's so peculiar, but it may, may you know, I think my, my true identity will come out one day, but it's not about me <clears throat> per se. It's about the ideas and it's about creating a space for people to have 
um, divergent perspectives. Well, you know, you you were talking there um, before we got interrupted again, but we were talking about uh, you know that you think my view is that there's the just two the genders. That no, no, I, I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to hash out. You know, I'm not trying to win anything here. I don't really have an uh, an objective because I trust. You know, I have my views, and 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 everyone's entitled to their own perspective. And the whole point is just being able to essentially get down to understanding like i want to get to a point where i can re reiterate your perspective emphatically without question i know your view and if you can do the same with me then we're winning but there are areas where we don't there are areas where we don't agree for example and there's some areas we will never agree on but that's okay we just respect each other mutually well i guess we have to <laughs> No, I think, I think we, we, we can do that. I think we can do that. I think it's a special, it's a special relationship that we can share this, although we are at a very safe distance from one another. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but I hope, I hope to see you at Easter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well. And, uh, and feed you very well. Sure there'll be keto options on the menu, it sounds like. Oh, definitely, definitely. You're working towards, uh, you're working towards a, new, a new person. I am. Once I get my new kitchen in, it'll be uh, hard work towards, a, you know. The full, the full uh, transition, so to speak. So to speak. That's a, that's a good word while we're talking on this uh, topic. But, but I, do, I, I do want to talk about this because I, I think this is... Um, relevance. There's two uh, things I'd like to speak about. One is that while I, from a molecular level, you know, uh, we have to have a male and a female to procreate. I believe that, um, you know, we, we have, um, you know, tendencies uh, both towards the masculine and feminine. So for example, um, you know, uh, I, I Many times I'm very like my father, who was masculine, and, and other times I'm very like my mother, who was um, a feminine. And, you know, uh, I think as children, we adopt um, that trait that we find the strongest. And so, you know, oftentimes we, we may find a male that is very feminine. Um, but he's a straight male. It's just that he adopts that. That's to his advantage for whatever reason. And I, and I think that um, I, I think I really think I'm onto something there. That every human being has both masculine and feminine traits. And I think this has been sourced many years ago. But I think what's happening is when we talk about the um, you know lesbian gay community, I think they've taken it to the next level. We're not just masculine feminine traits anymore you know now we're adopting um not just the traits but now lifestyles of that you know now we're dressing like men or dressing like women the opposite sex and and so it goes and and so i think that is it is it is it possible like does this idea make sense that maybe everyone is becoming just a little bit um more ambiguous or androgynous like gender is sort of more fluid in a sense would you agree with that um i i don't well i could say fluid within so for example i i identify as a female i <laughs> that was what i was born and that's what i identify with but i also recognize that i have uh, a lot of masculine traits um but i'm not a male by any means i'm i'm a female and i'm i'm i love being a female i can have children i can i can do all of the things that a, a woman uh, in my view uh, can do i mean and i think you're not still you're not planning on having a, a third oh, boy. a fourth oh I, I i would i would continue to but uh i'm too old Sorry, brother. 
I'm too old for that. So that's okay. I'll I'll let you guys do that next part. Next Wait, you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna have any more offspring but at this point I think. <laughs> no I you know but it's interesting because I think that um and in some of the women that I've counseled you know oftentimes as moms we never want to give up that role as females we never want to give up that role we're inclined to it's my view hang on to our children and I think the issue in our society is hanging on to the male children I think you know they the males have to become males not females or she males um, and I, I think you know it's a challenge in our society because this is what we're this god, god love you <laughs> god love you is, is is it the president of the united the former president of the united states no I, that keeps calling out since they're not allowed on twitter anymore no, or something that's like funny. That? <laughs> i guess everybody's stuck home they got nothing better to do but call me for help so i don't is know is your phone just is your phone never ending like that? <laughs> well <laughs> It has been, but it's been quiet lately. It's just uh, take it off, take it off the hook. I mean, you know. Well, then you're going to hear it beep, beep, beep. But uh, anyhow, so moving forward, um, you know, I, I feel uh, I, the other point I wanted to make, which you know, I I, I do feel strongly about. I'm going to mention him because I, I am a fan of um, Jordan Peterson, and a few years yeah, back, clearly, yeah, I love Jordan Peterson. To be using to be using the the some of the rhetoric, yeah. Uh, well, I'm um, hearing it. <laughs> um, I mean, he's just one of many. Um, but uh, you know, this this language, you know, that has been adopted and um, in, enforced. It's being weaponized. Well, it's being weaponized. Well, in your, here's the thing: it, it's limiting. It's limiting me now. And you know, look, I'm all about live and let live. You know, you live your life and let me live mine. Um, you know, as far as the Christian view goes, we're all sinners. We're all the same that way. And um, some of us continue to sin. But you know what? If you didn't have a Christian view, basically, we all have issues. I mean, none of us are perfect. Um, but on that note, we all work towards, um, you know, the betterment, not just of ourselves, but the betterment of society. Um, I don't believe that, you know, people should be bullied. Although I will tell you as a parent raising children, I think if you've ever been a child, I think uh, at some point we're, we've all been victims. Um, but I don't think we can grow well, up. I, I would like to I would like to sort of violently point out to you, you know, your own your own use of the term insulted earlier by referring to yeah, yourself. I'm offended by that term. Yeah, it, it, I find it so funny because, you know, there are there are just so many people who would, that seems to be the standard that people want to ascribe to, um, to be in a, in a, in an engendered body that's consistent with your hetero um, biological sex. I'm tripping over my words here <laughs> yeah. because I know it's a sensitive, very it's a sensitive sen topic. It's very, it's very controversial. I need to highlight, and I'm so glad that you were the one that brought it up because it's important to highlight our, our own bias and prejudice in this conversation. I mean, I have to identify uh, the fact that I'm a hetero, um, sexual, cisgendered, white male, you know, that, that to, to what degree do I need to declare my, my privilege and, um, you know, how fortunate that I am. And, you know, gratitude is something that is on a different point that is personal um, in trying to practice it. But, you know, this idea of being insulted and being a victim, as you say, 
and this sense of entitlement um, that comes from those positions. You know, I, I think you can agree you'd see, you see it and not to make a, a crude par- comparison between queer folks and those, you know, who are involved with the, with the justice system, as you say, although they these are one and the same sorts of persecuted people for, absolutely for, for just being you know for mm-hmm. just being who they are mm-hmm. so so here you and I both tend to find ourselves in a in a situation where fortunately we can identify truthfully you know ourselves as as cisgendered heterosexual nor, uh, you know normal folks well I think that term I, I don't know where the term comes from I'm, I'm guessing um that the term um you know is a part of the language of the of the uh, gender community, I, I'm I'm guessing cisgender. Well, you're right. Part of that oh, language. You're right. Indeed, indeed. But well, I don't want to really... engage in that language. The well, same we are, as we're engaging it, you know, vis-a-vis this conversation. conversation. Well, it's interesting that you say that, but I think that these conversations need to be had. And you know, I I like I'm saying, you know, the 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 queer folk, I think I can call them that, I think that's politically correct, but I think that, you know, um, the reason that they're, they're pushing for these changes is because they have felt offended, they have felt bullied, but the problem is bullies beget bullies and, you know, uh, or victims beget victims, and now we have the law uh, which is being changed uh, behind them, and the issue with that is that now I'm af- now I'm affected by that, and uh, my language is affected by that. Well, here, okay, so let me frame it in this way. Then I have um, I have some I know people who are queer, and I discuss. I have a f- friend who I often, you know, am curious about, you know, how they describe their their gender fluidity Uh and um you know they described to me their plight each in in every aspect of their daily life when you know having to fit into a box so to speak you know male or female that's what we're I guess talking about and um I have to imagine that being in their shoes that it would be pretty painful. Talk about marginalized and suffering. I mean, it would be tough to to live to, for your experience to be, you know, essentially, you know, deviant from the norm. Okay. And so I, I I see that as real. I mean, you you it's not probably a large. Um, if anything, maybe it's an over um, overrepresented in the way that 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 information is is depicted about it. I don't know. That's up for a debate. Um, but generally speaking, I think we can agree it's a we're referring to a, a large community, but a relatively small segment, a majority or a minority, excuse me, of the population, I think. Well, for now, it's, well, that group is, it's evolving. It's definitely evolving. And well, I would you you'll agree then. Can we agree that that the idea of gender in itself is is fluid and changing? I, I agree that it is fluid and I agree that it's changing, but I definitely do not agree that we have genders of all different shapes, sizes. I, I still maintain that we have two genders with a possible third because of, because of the people, and there are people who are born with uh, both uh, you know, uh, genitalia, and then they get to identify with one or the other. 
it's important again you know we we've seemed to have conflated the the idea of gender and then biological sex again all right well, two, let me two just separate add this. points okay well, let two me... separate points that i you know let me just but add I, I just so... I, I just wanted to finish one one other thought but but you go on so right now there's a number of things happening in australia um, and actually canada and probably the states too but one of the things that's happening is there are um males um who have uh, transitioned to females who are athletes and you know they are now I believe they have rights um, to join in with the female athletes but we know physiologically that males are bigger and stronger than females so this is now becoming an issue this is definitely becoming an issue for female athletes yeah, I mean, this is something that I've heard about um, in other places, podcasts, and I'm thinking of Joe Rogan specifically, who talk, who's talked about comp- competing, obviously, is, um, you know, that has undergone some sort of sex reassignment. You know, there are different body types, and, you, you know, so on the topic of biological sex, you can't dispute that certain features are inherent in, in, in a particular biological sex. Exactly. If we can't agree on that, then, you know, there's not a basis for truth telling here. So just, just so I have that straight, Michael. So you're, you're telling me that, um, you know, with a biological sex. So for example, with a male, um, there are some, um, physiological traits that go along with um, with the male and likewise with the female. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I, so we I, 100% Fine. we can. And there are anomalies, and that's a, a certainly not a majority of cases, but there are, you know, I, I just, for, for, for all intents and purposes, I think it's safe to say there's potentially an other category as well. But by and large, um, we can agree in male, female, and, you know, maybe there are cases where it's more ambiguous. You might tend to be one or the other. Yes, I would agree with that. But generally speaking, I'm thinking of bi- not gender, but biological sex in terms of a continuum um, or, you know, you can visualize it in any other way. But imagine a continuum where one sex would be on one polar end and and another sex would be the, on the other and then each and every individual to lesser or greater degrees falls along the spectrum. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense to me. But so, so how is that different? How, what? Because I think that, because I think this, you know, it's one thing that you get a man. I mean, I, I, this is where I can separate it. And I do. Um, in my own mind, uh, you get a man who has feminine traits and he identifies as a homosexual because his feelings are for another male. And you get a female who is inclined to be more uh, masculine and matches up with a partner of similar, and so you have lesbians. But both of those identify with that sex that they are. I'm not saying that, you know, it's right or wrong, uh, although according to the scriptures and Christian values, that is wrong. You know, a man and a woman, um, you know, uh, a man and woman should sleep together, not two males and two females. But, you know, God loves all people. Um, he loves, you know, the sinner, not the sin, so well, to speak. I, I've invited Jan to have a, a, a um, you know, an intellectual conversation around this. And while I appreciate the, the sentiment, 
I'm I'm less I'm less interested in what the scripture says about it because there's you know th for the same reason that there's a lot of corruption in scripture there's a lot of uh, corruption as well in 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 laws and policies sure. and the sure. ones that go about you know persecuting people arguably for having done nothing wrong except for violating certain morals. Well, we can agree with that because there are a lot of laws in the scriptures. But I do want to and say, and that's and to a to a point, you know, there's a lot of laws in the world that are, yeah, that are I, very different. I mean, Canada sure. is unique. We need we need to also situate ourselves in a country that's unique in in being able to maintain a sort of democracy, as in the form of conversation that we're having now, and in the type of sexual identity that 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 one um, you know, subscribes to or, or is. But what happens, and, and this is where, as I said, you know, we're pushing back, and there's a number of us that are going to be pushing back, but what happens in the event where I feel like you know, the, the, the community has, like I feel that my rights now are being trampled on, well, and I, I feel I hope, very strongly about I, that. I, I, I hear you. I can hear, I hear you loud and clear. I can hear in the inflection in your voice when you talk about these topics with me that you're far more passionate about it than than I seem to be. I mean, I'm but and yet it's a it's an important dialogue for us to be having. I think I felt compelled, you know, to invite you um, to sit down. I mean, in a large in a large part, you know, I'm inspired by these types of this way of thinking, which is very different from mine. I and, yeah. And I struggle with, you know, people who talk about the idea of rights um, with not much um, perspective on on the idea of responsibility. So and, and, you know, that that, you know, that there's all sorts that we could I mean, I look to our neighbors of the south of the border, for example, you know, it's all about my rights and freedom, so to speak. But I think as Canadians, I should hope that we have more of a, uh, you know, we are have a more cohesive sort of society on account of the sense of responsibility to that we, you know, have to one another. Well, as you know, and I know, you know, Canadians are known around the world to be, you know, peaceful people and very accepting and, you know, and, and I think sometimes, you know, um, because of the politics, and there certainly is politics in this, especially with our, our Prime Minister at the moment, he considers himself a feminist and he supports, um, you know, although the irony of it is he supports feminism, but he can't keep one female in his caucus, <laughs> they're all leaving, so that's an interesting uh, well, but, that's, um, that that is a that leaves me speechless actually I, <laughs> but it's true it's i fact. mean maybe you should start a a commentator podcast i'm sure you'd find a base that would tag along i don't have time as you well know <laughs> i know i think I, you're doing you're doing a great job with it so. well i'm amazed at how busy um who knew that booking uh, my own mother would be the most <laughs> challenging uh, feat to overcome and getting this project off the ground <laughs> well it's good it's well we're, but we're not nearly done I, I don't think i mean um there's so much to to touch on um i guess i want to come back to this idea of responsibility because i think we have a personal responsibility each in this sort of civic duty uh, to one another that that I mean I'm biased because I, I I've had a bit of travel I mean I studied in the Netherlands and I really adhere to this idea of tolerance 
I try to anyway. But I guess we could just as well be having this conversation, um, not about, you know, queer sexualities or folks, but about, you know, people from another nationality. Like this, yes. con this conversation could equally be, you know, politicized around the idea of immigrants or, you know, but, sure, but, we but, but, but we, we sort of instead are hashing away at the, at the, um, I guess, the Catholic upbringing or the indoctrination, if you will, of, of the religion. Well, I, I just want to, you know, say... Is that I mean, unfair? I mean, I, I don't know. I, well, I think, you know, you use the word indoctrination, and I think that's fair. But, you know, when it comes to, we'll say, we'll, we'll talk about religion for a moment of faith. I mean, you know, the three, um, the three uh, religious uh, affiliations in the world, you know, Muslim, Catholics, and, and uh, the Jewish tradition, you know, they all are supporters of life. And... You know, um, we believe we believe that you know, um, as a as a as a as a global as a, a humanity, um, you know, we want to continue our growth, and you know, um, and I, I support that. I, I I believe in in all things for life. I mean, it's the most natural thing in the world. You know, two people coming together who love each other, a man and a woman in this case, uh, procreate, have children, and life goes on. But there's been a deviation. There's been a deviation from that, and that's what's evolving. Well, I mean, and I guess it's while okay. While I can accept people live live and let live. You know, live your life. Um, you know, I'm not here to judge you. Um, you know, that that's up to the God that I believe he will. I, I don't judge these people. I mean, I think they've been judged very harshly. But my issue is, and this is what it comes down to, when I am not allowed to say certain words or I'm not allowed to act in a certain way or, um, you know, um, my language has got to change to suit another gender, that is where I kick back. That's where I have an issue. But to tie back to my my experience, I mean, I, I'm thinking of um, this friend who has endured, you know, a lifetime of um, of of trauma. I guess um, having to negotiate a world that's designed for one or the other and not fitting inappropriately. And in my perspective, you know. I'm willing to trade an adoption of the lexicon or language that that sort of evolves naturally anyway, as time goes on and culture and society changes. I'm willing to gladly accommodate accommodate my language if it if it creates um, a space that's that's safer and and more content for all. Now there are limits to that. I can't, you know, I'm not going to, you know. Uh, Have you found your limit yet? Well, I think I'm much more tolerant, um, and I think a large part of it in this, you know, based on this conversation has to do with just my firsthand experience um, interacting with folks who are, you know, who are not um, heteronormative or, you know, that, you know, and that's just, that's, I guess, what city life offers, or I don't, I, I think probably it's safer in the city for these folks, and I'm, I'm. Um, I like to consider myself a cosmopolitan kind of uh -huh. fellow who who relishes the city. Well, sure. I mean, you know, the city certainly city of Toronto, but the the cities offer, you know, 
more. I mean, they do. Um, but, um, and so it, the point, I guess the point, uh, now I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry, mom. No, that's okay. I have to make I, a I rule just, for myself. Go on, go on. <laughs> We, we both have to make that, we both fall into that where we interrupt each other and I apologize too. But I think, um, you know, uh, the city allows for more um, division because people can identify with groups and, you know, each group um, can grow and build and, you know, the momentum. And, and I think that's what happens in, in cities. Whereas when you live, you know, in a, in a rural or a place like we live, you know, most people kind of stick together, you know, we're a community, we stick together, we, we work through things and, you know, but, and to me, that is the way that that creates value. But when you start separating and dividing, um, you know, for your own rights, you know, then other people's rights are, are going to be imposed upon. And that that is the issue here. That's, you know, I understand that they've been bullied. But I, I see this, it as a, I see this as a different issue, by the way. Um, the, you know, I titled when I was writing some ideas about this episode of our chat, I, I titled it um, Art versus Obscenity, I guess. Uh, and you, I think you more um, appropriately, you know, hit, hit the nail on the head when you said faith versus science. Sure. And remember, science came a lot later. You know, one of one of the things in my own small mind. And, 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 and do you know what? It required us to change our language as well and our understanding of the world, science did. And you know what? That's growth. That's growth. And science, I believe, and faith, people of faith, it, it can coexist. Mm -hmm. I believe that it can. But, you know, when if science says to me that you can't believe that, then I'm gonna be pushing back against science and science doesn't do that. The same as, you know, science um, doesn't push away faith and no. say, and, no, no, and, no, you can. So I, I mean, but I struggle with this idea because I'm hearing from you the idea of pushing and like I'm coming from this perspective where I'm, I'm calling you or wanting to come to a meet, like I'm pulling you in, I'm trying to get your, you know your take on this you want us to be united i want us to come to some i want to better understand where we enjoy consensus well i think it sounds to me in this conversation that i think we would both agree that we i certainly as i've gotten older have become um more accepting of things um you know for example your relationship you know, I mean, um, I, I've become more accepting. How and I have become my, promis my promiscuous. Relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, God love you. <laughs> um, I mean, my hope and prayer is that you know you, you will end up this this relationship will um, uh, result in marriage. I mean that that's my hope and my prayer, and and I have faith and it will. Well, keep praying to whichever God you're praying to. <laughs> I um I'll have to get her um on the show one day. Um, oh my God! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whichever gender she uh, ascribes herself to, indeed. I can I can assure you, my God is definitely uh, uh, in the male in the male category for sure. W without a doubt. Um, 
But and that, that's the other thing I wanted to say, you know, we, I mean, in the olden days, and I'm talking about long before my time, you know, it was, and, and I think this is another evolving issue on where it has evolved from. I think this is the crux of the issue. Mm -hmm. It was a very patriarchal society where, you know, <laughs> women stayed at home and cooked and, you know, and, and men would, you know, it was a very patriarchal society. And, you know, we can look at the church actually, under this pope it is changing and has been slowly slowly changing but you know i think that people um have felt you know it's been too patriarchal and i think this is where a lot of the feminism has come in and it's the feminine part of it that has been evolving well while i agree with the you know the idea of patriarchy um in the wider population or the wider populace, you know, what might be described as heteronormativity. I, I just, and, and certainly within the church, you know, I would agree it tends to be rather patriarchal, certainly in the Catholic church. What I struggle with is in reconciling, you know, you did grow up in England and uh -huh. I think you, you always grew up under the reign of, uh, of Queen Elizabeth. How do you make sense uh -huh. of that? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And my, my parents were very, um, uh, you know, they, they really enjoyed, you know, the monarchy, they very much so. How do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile that considering, you know, you're saying that everything is rather patriarchal? Well, well, I think that, you know, um, not going to the history of that, but, you know, I mean, the queen is the head of the church. She's the head of the, uh, the Anglican church. And of course, before her time, you know, that was all one. I mean, the church was known as small c universal. I mean, it was just a universal church and we all had the same understanding and the same belief. And, depending, depending, of course, depending, of course, where you grew up and, you know, I mean, what what, well, dec what decade did you grow up? Uh, will you share? <laughs> well, do we really have to discuss that? <laughs> no, 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 I no. mean, I, I feel young comparison to my age, but I don't deny my age. So, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm okay with that. That's not important. And that's, you know, that's, but I, I, I want to hit home this idea that we are having to decide the ways in which we are ourselves culture bound. I mean, I, I, I think it balances out. Yeah, I think, it, I think, you know, the males and the females, you know, the patriarchal, uh, you know, belief or society um, equally has um, a lot of strong uh, feminine uh, women who are very capable. I just think that so uh, uh, just as a model for you, mm -hmm. you know, you, your father uh, is a very good man and uh, <laughs> None of us, none of us are perfect and he's far from perfect, but he's a good man and he's a great role model. And he was a great role model for you boys as you hit the teens. I don't know if you remember when you come to me and ask me things and I think, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure about like that. We're, we're when, at what age did I come to you and inquire? Where oh, you were around 11, 12, you know, oh, it's usually I have, those. I have years. a feeling I was, it was earlier than that. <laughs> possibly, possibly. My, my inquisitive nature. Yes, you were very, but you were also a person who, um, you know, you, you like to hang around with um, a senior people like older people you you relish that you you seem to learn a lot you you were as you an old soul you grew up before your time you know and uh, I was I mindful I, of I, that. Ta I take that as a compliment but I think I'm probably uh, equally sort of um, indifferent you know to intergenerational sort of perspectives like I, I also really enjoy listening to the views of youngsters as you eloquent 
eloquently you know pointed out the concern for for the young for young children which is a sort of rhetoric that we've heard well I, think of the children yeah, heard I, this, heard this <laughs> many, many well i'll cases. tell you i'll tell you one of the things and this is this would be a major sore point for me but you know and you know in law i mean you know i'm going to use the term pedophilia and i think that as these laws continue to change and you know the way things going with you know sexual identity and sexual pleasure and and anything goes i do think that we are heading towards laws changing that recognize uh, pedophilia as, as non-criminal and i and that for sure is a concern because i hope one day to have grandchildren and and, and i'm concerned for them i'm concerned where we're going yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think this ties in nicely with the idea of responsibility, um, but I'm not hearing a lot of that in this conversation at the moment. I'm, I'm really hearing a lot of finger pointing, you know, towards this other, towards, some, well, let towards, me, let... to, towards this sort of, um, you know, if you will, this sort of ideological boogeyman. Well, let me, let me put it this way. I believe that I have been a very responsible parent. Mm -hmm. I think I've been a responsible mother. Mm -hmm. I think in raising three sons, you know, I didn't want um, boys that, uh, you know, that were overly feminized or, you know, I wanted them to be uh, men. I wanted them to be strong men. I wanted them to be good men who respected females. Um, I wanted them to be successful and I'd done everything in my power to love you in the only way that I knew how. And I honestly think that that has paid off. So, you know, while we are not perfect, I, I believe that we have taken, um, you know, the fortunate steps um, to have that outcome with three of you. And, and I don't think I can only speak from my own experience and from our family perspective. And I, you, I don't think you can deny that you and your, 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 your two brothers, you know, you're all very different. You're all very individual. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't want it any other way. Mm -hmm. I just I, I think um, I mean, I should highlight that. I mean, I, I wrote my thesis um, in the Netherlands at UTEX University, my Master of Arts degree in, in criminology uh, was focused around this criminological identity of, of a pedophile, of pedophiles, and, mm. and the way that they're represented in, in media. And, um, and that's the way that I think this conversation really ought to be steered. Uh, and, and I'm glad that you brought it up, because this is sort of, you know, this idea of rhetoric. Um, I mean, you, you really said it right about group think you know, and, and the division that's happening in, in, in our world, uh, even though I think sort of deep down, we, we can agree Christian view or whatever perspective you take that, you know, we, we, we sort of belong to each other. We are all God's children. So to we're speak. all connected. I absolutely there is a cosmos, you know, connection within us all somehow. Um, so, I rather like to think of this issue that we're talking about, not one of rights or responsibilities for LGBTQ2 plus folks or, or a whole alphabet of people, you know, that have been prosecuted before. But, but really, I think there's something to be said about a responsibility 
that's shared in you know how you digest your information and 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 go about understanding the world mm-hmm. so you know in my the findings of my paper which looked at archetypal examples of of pedophiles in popular culture um, and interviewing folks with that type of experience i mean i don't want to conflate legality and the forensics of of sexual orientation and and moral wrongdoing i mean these that's a whole other episode here um, but you brought it up and i have to highlight that you know that language and this 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 rhetoric that i'm hearing in terms of ideology and weaponizing perspectives is 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 one that is political you know with an agenda and you have to explicate better who who is fulfilling you know who does that serve whose agenda do policies serve you know this is a a, a quick lesson in critical criminology in my take so i just want to refer earlier to a to an earlier part of our conversation you know when i'm talking about this sort of imaginary role that i seem to find myself in as in, in, in safety policing. And it, you know, the idea comes back down to, well, who is being policed? And, you know, and, and, and on the counter side of that, you know, which rules are the ones that are being enforced, you know, and who's writing those rules. So safety policing really has to do with perspective, matter of perspective and perception, you know, who are, who are we referring to? Um, if I talk to some of my my queer folk friends, I have some that are happily married, you know, with children, and um, and I were to ask them, um, you know, what makes them feel safe? Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, a person in 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 a position when they're where where they're using language in a way that sounds like it's it's weaponized through rhetoric. Uh, I mean, that would be unsafe for them. Well, you know, we can talk about safety and security we can we can use those words but really who is safe and secure i mean you know we okay people are you know well, it's, getting it's, laws it's, it's it's usually not the one that's pointing the finger in my in, in my in my i'm actually okay so you you're thinking i'm pointing the finger but i have to tell you michael sorry rex <laughs> you may have to edit that out but i have to tell you that um uh you know again um the safety and security that I'm concerned about. I mean, I may not live to see it, but you know, I'm I'm hoping that one day I'm going to have, uh, you know, um, grandchildren, mm-hmm. and um, I have to be, um, you know, mindful. You want to be proactive. My, well, I do want to be proactive. I mean, in respect to, you know, my grandchildren's parents. Um, however, I want to be able to have open conversations. If I disagree with something that has been taught to them in school, I want to feel free to be able to object or deny um, uh, as, a, as a parent or a grandparent. But because um, of the safety and security of the, um, you know, what we've been talking about, the uh, lesbian, gay plus community, mm-hmm. you know, laws are being changed and written now that affect me. And I will not be able to have those conversations with my grandchildren. Yeah. Well, what and that we, is an issue for me. I hear you. I, I mean, I hear it again in the inflection in your voice, the the power that the, this sort of way of thinking is, is hold, you know, has uh, for you. 
So I wonder if I could pose a hypothetical um, that is, you know, one day, now I just want to mention, you know, we, we agree from an earlier part of our conversation that, you know, children are indeed very vulnerable. Very vulnerable. And, yes. and so I, I, I believe that you're coming from a perspective wholeheartedly of, of love and, and protectionism, you know, wanting to do what, what you think is, is right, um, you know, for your to-be hypothetical grandchildren. So, or any children, or any child for that matter, because you know when we get into the the nitty gritty of the idea of youth line and the story that 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 broke in the news, which we'll get in you know into in a few minutes, I think. Um, I, I guess something there was there was ideas of you know pornography and some obscene material. So, so I understand was you know the allegation mm. or the false allegation no it's not false but you i think you i think i think you're talking about the catholic district uh, school board and and the, i think that's well their decision to remove a resource that was offered by a um by an organization youth line. called youth, youth line, line right? yes that's correct so and that's what's prompted my you know desire to want to have this conversation but which by but, the way has been restored on their site just so you know right well, why do you think that is uh, because I think they have a political backing and, you know, oftentimes it comes from money. I mean, people um, don't want to lose funding. The Catholic school board is funded publicly yeah. and they don't want to lose their money. I mean, you know, um, they have trustees. On the topic of, I, I hear you. I mean, you're, you know, I learned probably, uh, I came to really appreciate the idea of critical thinking, you know, from, from much of, um, well, for much of my career. But I've also learned the the idea of empathy a great deal from you, I think. I attribute that to the ability to situate myself on either side of a proposition. And I, I guess I'm taking the devil's advocate or, I mean, I'm an ally. I would consider myself an ally of the community of queer folks. I mean, sure. they're just a persecuted group of any type, you know, that that is persecuted in a time and place. And unfortunately, as you might, as you might say, corrupt politics um, but you know, you, you, well, that's what we're talking about. Sorry for interrupting. That's what we're talking about. But you know, right now, I mean, we've 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 had this big thing with Black Lives That Matter, uh, Black Lives Matter. I mean, you don't think the Black community have been persecuted? Of course they have. You don't think the Jewish community have been persecuted? Of course they have. Well, it I was, mean, it most was, it was you. It was um... the Indigenous people have been persecuted. Mm -hmm. So you know. Um, are we always going to be on the side of the persecuted? Of course. I mean, I go for the underdog too. And I have already said, and I believe that many of the, you know, people through the, um, you know, uh, lesbian gay community plus have, have gone through their own persecution. I understand. And I, I understand they've been marginalized and I feel for them. I, I do. I feel for them. But unfortunately, um, you know, because of their own persecution and their wits, they've been able to uh, get the politics. Uh, they've been able to get the power behind them that they need. And uh, while that's great, uh, that power is uh, is now going to be affecting, as I said, my rights. And that's that's where I draw the line, I guess. And I think that's where you and I, you know, may 
not agree and may never well i guess I, I so let me finish uh well not to finish i mean I, but I, we can't go on all night although i uh, you know i we we have plenty more to cover so maybe they'll have to be a part two or at some point we might have to agree to disagree but i'm genuinely interested i mean on the one hand i want to know if you're able to highlight the politics of uh of school boards so well and 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 issues with government um do you equally are you equally able to criticize the church absolutely hey look at the catholic church what's going on there mm -hmm. i mean there's been a pedophilia there's been uh, abuse of children of course i mean you know <laughs> you know we're all working towards sainthood here it doesn't matter who we are um, we're all we've all we've all um so supposedly sinned and fallen short of the glory of god but even from a scientific uh, perspective you know None of us are perfect. We're all trying our best. Um, and uh, and we've all, all of us, uh, like I said earlier, you know, if we've ever been children, then we, we've we experienced victimization of some sort. Well, well uh, I, I mean, mean this, yeah. So. so let me ask then the hypothetical, should your, should your um, grandchild come to you and express, uh, you know, feelings of being what you might consider queer or, you know, outside of the norm? How do you go, you know, how do you, um, well, how do you support that child how do I address that? in a loving way, being that they're, you know, so vulnerable as we agreed upon and, and maintain, um, yeah, I mean, how do you. Am I, am I going to be legally, am I going to be able to speak um, against, you know, if, if this child comes to me and talks to me about uh, well it, it sound it sounds to me like god god forbid you know my child were to were to come to you and express mm -hmm. a sense of i mean that's a that's a really high, good difficult question i have to pose to myself i mean um but i'm sure it would certainly bother me less with them you know having some um unique or alternative sexuality i mean or or identity i i would like to think that you just have to in a way appreciate what is innate and unchangeable but i don't necessarily believe um i mean i i believe anything changed anything so i i guess you would be a proponent to the idea of like conversion therapy and those torturous sorts of things um well i i have thought about that um you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not so sure that I would want to send a child of mine, um, you know, through exorcism or conversion therapy, as they call it. I haven't, I've, I've, I've seen it, I've heard about it, I've never witnessed it, but I believe that I certainly would talk to a child of mine or grandchild of mine about, um, you know, uh, lean towards, um, <laughs> you know, them reconsidering um you know i would if, certainly if you're if you're sort of like six years old and you know uh, i mean i, I don't want to go too hypothetical that's here, pretty but... young i mean a child of six year old is very vulnerable and you know for them to be even thinking in sexual terms um you know they're hearing it they're hearing it from others maybe an older brother or sister or a friend I, or... i'm not so, i'm not so sure I, I mean i remember from very young uh, from a very young age myself, you know, personally experiencing 
well, I don't want to say an innocent sort of sexuality, mm-hmm. but a, blo- a blossoming one yeah. know, from a very young age. I don't think mm-hmm. it's appro- appropriate to, um, well, who am I? I mean, now I'm now I'm using judgmental term. So what I'm trying to say is that I, I do believe, um, you know, sexuality is an innate sort of thing that just develops over time from a very over time over time but a child can be influenced i mean i remember um you know as we come to wrap this up here but i remember are we wrapping it up i i feel like we're just getting started (laughs) how much time how many calls are you behind right now (laughs) and i just want to say and you'll remember this uh it, it, it gives me great pleasure to think about it but I remember you know when when you were little and and you know you wanted to um you know have uh, the rat's tail which was at that time not normal for me remember that you yeah? promised me you'd bring this up yeah. you promised me before the show that we wouldn't discuss this <laughs> oh and then and then you wanted the piercing and if you remember what we went through there and and um you know uh, your brother came home one day and he wanted to dye his hair and and you know while I I wasn't opposed to these things I offered an alternative and um, it was your choice because of the alternative to not go down that road and I must say today I, I feel very proud of all three of that you we're pure because we're, you were pure purists <laughs> No, you just made choices that, you know, you weren't too young, you, you thought about them. And I, I feel that you were mature enough to listen to the odds. And, you know, um, were you influenced? Yes, you were influenced. Yes, you were. But you know what, I think that was a good thing. And you know what, it's turned out to be a good thing for you, for you guys. Well, um, it's sort of, well, that's, that's a compliment. And that's both, you know, a compliment and a bit (laughs) (laughs) self-serving. Well, you know, we, I mean, I think as a, as a, as a parent that was involved in your life, as, as a mother who, who again, I mean, loved you and continues to love you. Um, you know, obviously, you know, as your parents, we just want the best for you. And, and we tried to influence and model for you, um, you know what what we felt was best and you know what as i said uh, it's not that it's self-serving i just see the advantages to to all three of you and and how well you're doing and um, and even for you you know to be you know uh leading this uh, podcast which i have no doubt you're going to have uh, is going to be very successful for you you know i mean that all comes from those those young years um, that were were influenced mm-hmm. but they could have been influenced in a very different way well indeed i mean if they'd grown up in a different um part of the world you know this this conversation wouldn't even be it wouldn't it wouldn't even be a legal you know thing to to discuss or to fathom well that is what's coming that is that is exactly well i'm not, know, I'm, not so sure. I'm not so sure I think that well, you are aware you are aware that bill c6 is on the table in the last reading in the house of Commons. And Bill C6 is the one where parents, uh, you know, or, or anybody is not allowed to have an opposing view when a child comes home and tells you that they're this or that. Or, yeah. Well, so that's on the table for the last reading. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hear the alarm in your 
in your perspective? And I've, I have, of course, written to my local politicians to express my opposition. But uh, Well, in a way, it sounds to me like this is your new sort of extracurricular um, activities in, in local policing from quarantine. <laughs> well, it is. But, you know, the other things, you know, the phone ringing tonight is still about, you know, the young men and women who need help, who, you know, are caught up in, uh, you know, in, in drug addiction or alcoholism or, or um, you know, caught up in the law. And, you know, they've, they've, you know, they've, they're lost. And um, I'm just trying to help them find themselves. That's all. But that's what this is all about. I can't help but wonder, you know, this what this conversation would sound like if there was a grandchild um, on the scene who, you know, would they, I'm sure they, they could change your mind, you know, in the case, in the, I, in, I, in the, in the case that, you know, they, they, they differed from, you know, the, the politics that, um, that you put forward. Well, let me, let me just, let me just finish with this. You know, when we first uh, moved here, um, we used to have uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, come knocking at my door every week mm -hmm. and um you know every week I would invite them in and we'd have tea <laughs> and uh, we would talk and we talked about our differences and we talked about the things that were the same and uh, after many months uh, could have been six months of this uh, I really enjoy the company as I'm sure they enjoyed mine but and the conversation but after six months or so I decided that you know what, I, I don't need to have this conversation anymore. And so I had this with them and I said, you know what, it, this is not working. Um, I know that you're coming to my door to try and change my views mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, and convert me to do, your way. Just to be clear, but, do, you, but, do you get any sense that I'm, I'm in any way trying to persuade? No, 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 no. Um, um, but um, anyway, they, they, they absolutely respected that. And one of the uh, ladies responded and she said, okay, she said, that's fair enough. But she said, how do you know that you're not converting us? And I, I thought that was a very interesting take mm. because that wasn't their agenda. And I asked her point blank. I said, have I? And she said, no. And I said, well, you know what, this is where we have to come to the end of the road and agree to disagree. And, um, you know, and get they the, went and on get the way. get the hell and... out of my house. <laughs> no, no, because I made them very welcome. Um, you know, the... but this is all I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm open. I'm open to discussion. Um, but my views will cannot be changed. They cannot be steered away from what I believe life is life. It takes two people. Everything else is a social construct. And um, yeah, I, I, that's just my view. And uh, I don't think a grandchild could change that perspective. Um, would I be able to change this? Maybe not, but maybe I could. Mm -hmm. And that would be my hope. Well, I, uh, I, I wonder, you know, if you have any intentions or if you've ever had, um, you know, a queer person into your home to have that conversation or, or you know, who you... Uh, I must admit... Who, who you could refer to to have this conversation that's, that, 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 that might... You know, uh, I have like had... Allow, you, allow, allow a, a greater, greater insight. Well, I think, um, you know, first of all, I do know uh, a number of people who are uh, gay and I know... Um, uh, 
couple of lesbians um and i know one how do you how do you know uh how do i know because we've had the conversation um and i also um know a man who transitioned to a woman um but we never did have that conversation because you know it, it uh, we just never had the opportunity um, I did um, kind of reach out to that person, um, you know, to let them know that I'm here if they want to talk. But I think that person knew what I wanted to talk about was not what they wanted to talk about. So I, I respected that. Yeah. But you're, you're right, Mike. I think talking is a, is a, is a really, it's a good, it's good. It's a good starting point. But for this uh, particular uh, issue that I'm engaged in now, I think we are way beyond talking. I think this has been going on for a long time. And, uh, you know, when laws have been changed and put into place that affect uh, me and who I am, then, you know, it, it's time for me now it, to it sounds work with like others. It sounds like it's sort of, you know, we're on the brink of some movement from ideology to extremism. Um, I don't think it's extremism on my part. I've always been this way and felt this way. Um, and I think the extremism comes perhaps from the other side. Perhaps it's been forced because of the patriarchal society, you know, that, that has been. Um, or the, uh, you know, the feminist movement that has continued to develop and evolve. Mm -hmm. um, but I am neither one. I'm neither a feminist nor um, a patriarch. But I do believe that it takes uh, both a male and a female um, uh, to raise children. And I think it's through the healthy uh, relationship um you know, of a male and female, biological male and female, that, you know, you're, you're going to develop fairly healthy children that will, you know, go on and reproduce in the world and, uh, and, and uh, turn out to have a podcast like you. Mm -hmm. And live promiscuous sex lives. Well, I, I, I don't think that's the case. I think that, you know, you're a man now and you found somebody you love. And uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I think that you're with this woman. And I and hopefully will produce normal offspring. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. That's my prayer. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. ascribe to a particular type of um, ideology and normalcy. Well, I think that, you know, um, as you've been guided, uh, you and your brothers, I think that you will probably guide your own uh, children. Uh, in, in, uh, indeed, in our own way. Yeah, your own way. So, and you know what? That that isn't for another conversation. Yeah. Well, I um, I must say, you know, the the next conversation, I would, I should hope, will be centered around um, where, how, how we go about getting our information. You know, I just, I can't help but think our two uh, understandings of this subject you know they're clearly just informed through different experiences i mean I, I i would like to suggest that i've merely had more exposure to to transgender folks and actually if you had a grandchild that was one or you you really got to know one um for who they are you know this this conversation would be a little bit less stigmatizing well, and but now po we're talking polar polarizing well now we're talking about an individual and, and I'm all about individualization. I, I think we're all individuals. And I mm. think that, yeah, yeah, I have no problem with that. It's, it's when it becomes, you know, a group identity, which is mm. what does happen. 
and um, you know that becomes then exclusive. And, yeah, I uh, guess in a way, I think you know, I think the common theme uh, has to do with with groupthink, I guess. Groupthink. And you know, this. And is idea, that something that we agree on? Well, I guess that's the common thing that we we have to agree on. You know, is that you know there is sort of this um, division. I think we'll agree. There's there seems to be a bit a widening gap between you know what I'm willing to accept and what you're willing to accept, and that sort of that that medium that pushes us to opposite poles. You know that polarizing effect. I think is is a result of groupthink, you know, and tied in with how social media operates and the use of algorithms in social media and the amount of time that we spend flicking through feeds. Well, you know, just on a separate note, yeah, I mean, just on a separate note, I mean, you know, talking about criminology, I mean, you know, I think you've said it before, I, I've learned about it from my clients or through the, through the judicial system, but you know that when you when when um, a person goes into uh, you know a jail into the, into custody into the criminal system and they spend some time there they learn more crime in there than they do on the outside. Indeed. Uh huh. Because you know now they're it's, they're talking it's, it's, in group language. Yeah, indeed, <laughs> it's institutionalized um, mm-hmm. sort of learning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's indoctrination, if you will. That's exactly what's which, and, and which I is think not that's... not unlike the church, um, you know, or any religion for that matter, or any, you know, group ideology. And that's exactly, exactly what we've been kind of discussing here. And it sounds like, you know, we have come to a point where we both agree that, you know, when it comes to so things, so do me uh, then then do me a favor then before we end uh, I don't know if you'll dare if if you'll dare I don't know if I could do this or not but because I don't have um, certain although I'm guilty lately and maybe our next topic will, can be social media and that sort of thing sure I'm guilty of g- getting on uh, you know I've given up a lot of it but I've been on Reddit lately and you know it does become addicting to flip your scroll your finger into just that endless feed you know that just feeds you your my information so i wonder if you'd be willing to look at your phone and tell us what the uh, screen time looks like on something like facebook i mean how much time on average do you estimate you spend uh facebook i uh, actually i <laughs> i i actually uh, go on facebook each day and i probably spend I would say over a whole day a number of hours on Facebook but to be honest I think if you really look at my my time it would be spent uh, uh, on in games you know um, you know uh, while I'm kind of at home and uh, limited uh, candy crunch there's a lot of games being played <laughs> no um, more like poker and uh, euchre and, oh my uh, god and you're not meaningful ma- games you're not you're not very <laughs> masculine at all I'm eh, on <laughs> Uh, but you know what? I can identify with that. I, I have no issue. I have no, I mean, to me, you know, uh, the masculine has a very logical uh, part, a very logical place in my life. And the feminine, um, you know, is a very, very feeling place in my life. And I'm a very feeling person. And uh, actually, it's my feelings that get me into trouble. And I think, to be honest with you, I think feelings is what leads people right through the penal system. So, you know, uh, as opposed to yeah. logic. Exactly. I think the uh, the penal system 
the judicial system is the logic for them. You mean their their faith as opposed to their logic? Uh, no, I think that people who are caught up in the judicial system are usually acting a behavior. They're acting out of their feelings. And, you know, um, oftentimes the, uh, you know, the judicial system will give them opportunity to change that behavior. But until they can change how they feel, if they can't reach a place of logic and understanding, then you know what happens? They're right back in that system. It's, you know, like the hamper straw on the wheel. It's just a constant uh, motion, cyclical of, you know, they can change how they feel. So this is what happens. And, uh, and the, the irony of it is that, you know, I think, again, I think if we say feelings are, are, are extremely feminine, but when, um, when particularly when men, when men go into the uh, into the custody, uh, all of a sudden the uh, feminine traits are left at the gate. They don't go in with them. So all of a sudden now they have to become. Logic. It becomes it becomes macho actually. Very very macho. Very very masculine. Mm. Yes. Well, I mean, you're on to something, um, and there are you know you, your own sort of hypotheses could. Um, could be better explained in another episode, um, you know, and how how you make sense of gender. But um, I guess we've hashed out in a great, you know, um, some of what we've achieved here is agreeing, you know, between the difference of biological sex and gender. And mm-hmm. um, I've had to rehearse the uh, the collective acronym LGBTQ2+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if you'd give it a try yourself. The LGBTQ plus. <laughs> the LGBTQ2 plus. Q2S plus. What's up? Lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer, two, two spirited. Two spirited. Yeah. Plus. Plus, yeah. Community. I, I do. I including including you and me. <laughs> No, I don't put myself in that community. I'm sorry. That's where I do. Well, you're, uh, you're in a different camp. I, yeah, yeah. I'm a different kettle of fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is, this is um, I mean, I feel like we've only just talked around the, the subject, um, which I guess is the important thing. I mean, we came together wanting to talk about the, some of the news articles and what I had seen you posting about the Catholic district school board and and youth line and i'll probably link some uh articles i think the globe global news um i found and um there was you know the toronto star also did an article do you think there's anything else important that anyone listening might be interested in knowing uh, about your perspective which which i should include well um in the notes of this episode uh, I would just like to say that if uh, you know, uh, you know, growth and numbers uh, can be very powerful, and um, I, I, I think that anybody who might be feeling um, that you know they would like to get involved in um, you know uh, a forum um, and discussion on um, you know how they're feeling about these uh, views about these bills that are uh, being read. Um, and their own, um, you know, not necessarily fear, but their own concerns, then you know what, I'm, I'll be happy to um, have them be part of our group. Um, and um, actually, um, one of the trustees, uh, 
And what is that group? If you want to plug, um, if you want to plug, you know, an organization, what is that group that you're advocating? Uh, well, well, actually, we don't right now. We're just coming together. We just had a a short meeting the other day, but there is going to be um, a forum uh, next weekend on uh, on on how we can go about. And and you know what, we we may look at uh, the possibility of um, uh, getting. Uh, private sector and, and school and churches involved and you know if our children are being taught these things in school then we may have to look at another avenue mm-hmm. private it, because it, the yeah it sounds it's another alternative it does sound to me like you're sort of advocating you know civic uh, duty and you know getting involved you know with with your community am, am i right like uh, I am, but this is a bit of a broader community. This is, I mean, you know, uh, one of the trustees uh, from the uh, actual uh, uh, Toronto District School Board is going to be coming on um, this forum and, um, uh, you know, um, people from uh, um, uh, Parents as First Educators and uh, Coalition for Life, uh, all of these uh, are going to be part of this forum and uh, we're just going to kind of put our heads together so it's a it's a it's a larger community than just the community i'm in you'll be you'll be able to uh plug my show and perhaps uh, book some talent for me <laughs> well i've already mentioned uh you know uh what you're doing and uh, if you know uh, you know but i i'm i'm certain that you're going to get busy uh, interviewing uh folk and um I, I look forward to uh, listening to future shows. There'll be there'll always be a, a place for you to come back on and for us to uh, pick up from where we left off. Well, hey, after this, if you know people, you have your listeners. I could be getting booed off here, but you never know. But uh, uh, maybe not. At the at the at the end of the day, you know, we've uh, the important thing is that we've come together and I think heard one another's perspective, and I feel uh, I feel better for it. Me too. I mean, I, I, I do too. I, I think that, um, you know, we're, we're not bad people and, uh, you know, it's not like we are, um, at least I don't think being judgmental and critical and, and of others. And I, my heart goes to anybody who is an underdog or who, uh, you know, is marginalized. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why I go out and do what I do. And if there, to if there was stand on my own views. Right. Yeah. Well, I, um, Part of me wants to thank you for being so brave to share, uh, you know, what is in my mind um, a counter perspective, um, <laughs> you know, an alternative view. Um, but you know, it's a, all a matter of perception uh, and projection, okay. I guess. And um, so, thank you for coming on. And uh, I mean, you heard it, folks, um, on the Rex Crim show, uh, me interviewing my mother on uh, the idea of rights and responsibilities and LGBTQ2 plus folks and everything surrounding it. So um, check out the show notes and uh, stay tuned. Thanks, Rex. Take care.